On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. It is time for Monday's Experts uh, with Dave Stanley and it's five past 11 on Monday and of course it's the 31st of July today and that means that it's the week of the Coffs Harbour Cup. Looking forward to being in that part of the world later in the week for Sky Sports Radio and as always on Monday's Experts it's an opportunity to at this particular segment, talk to someone in our racing game and talk to them about the story behind the name. Often we'll talk to trainers and jockeys and other participants about what they, what their horse are doing for that particular race meaning and whatnot. But today we can delve a bit more into their career and, and history. And I thought what a great opportunity would be to chat with Graham Payne, a gentleman who trains in that neck of the woods up there at Coffs Harbour. He's got a a small team, but it's growing all the time. And I reckon he's got a pretty colourful story to tell us as well. Payne, welcome to Monday's Experts, mate. How are you, Dave? I'm well. How are you? You you like talking about the past and the future, mate? Oh, well, mate... Depends what you want to talk about. <laughs> I want to talk. Well, I've all got stories. That's why I thought we're going to have a good little uh, 25, half an hour here because you do have some beauties. Mate, <laughs> tell us about where you grew up. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cessnock, mate. Uh, born in 1957, so I'm nearly 66 year old now, matey. Yeah. Yes. What, was it like, what was it like growing up in Cessnock back in the 50s? Oh, mate, pretty hard back in those days uh, as you're aware the, you mightn't be aware but some of your listeners the, the Curry Cessnock Maitlands um, just trying to think of a word to put to it you know you had to be careful where you said you come from back in those days because of the hatred of each uh, little place in the area yeah, yeah. And, grow, and growing up um, Graham, I mean, how, how big was your family? I got a, a brother, a younger brother, and an older sister. Um, my both parents have passed away. My, my dad passed away when he was fifty-two from um, cancer. Yep, uh, be forty-something years ago. Wow. And, yeah, my mother passed away about twelve years ago. But you know, they were always there for me, Dave, when I was growing up as a, in sport. Uh, yeah, played several sports, exceeded at a few and, and exceeded a few others. Yeah. That, that's where I was going to go with it, Pony. So obviously growing up in Cessnock, um, was there any horse racing at all in the family? Yeah, my grandfather uh, was heavily involved with a, a trainer. Oh, you probably wouldn't be aware, but the late Tommy Watson um, and the late... John Wilkinson was just down the road from my place where I grew up. Uh, from an early age, I used to help him uh, mornings before I went to school and weekends. And then later, um, used to ride through the bush with him. Always been, you know, riding horses. I was heavily involved in camp drafting. Um, but my passion was soccer or league, um, and that took the better of it as I was growing older. That you know, you had to make a decision which way to go. Yeah. But, um, I went, went soccer first up and, and switched to league. Uh, 
So it was all about it was all about sport and obviously being active. And then what about I guess the schoolwork? Does that mean that uh, yeah, the schoolwork? Well, I, or were you good at the good at the marks? Believe it or not, you know you know me you know me. I, I ended up school captain. I don't know how. Feeling. Yeah. Um, uh, back in the days I went to school, is uh, we used to have separate uh, morning teas and, and lunch. Anyway, I became captain and I, I just couldn't believe it that, you know, I wasn't the... I'm not going to say I wasn't the best student, but I wasn't the, the worst either. I, um, but we had a pretty fair, good uh, sportsmaster at Cessnock High called Kelly Plum. And if you excelled at sport, you... Uh, you got a lot of favours off Kelly. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, um, I, I left school and, uh, for a short time to go and um, pursue work, and I ended up going back to school, and um, that's when I became captain. And then I left halfway through year year eleven um, and got a job in the coal mines. Yeah, we're chatting with Graham Payne this morning. Graham, yeah, life's continuing on so you're working in the coal mines what was next mate because obviously you, you did eventually get into uh pubs and obviously um yeah i've been in the pub industry for i was in the pub industry for about 30 odd years dave I, how did you get into pubs so you went well, what's the story so you, you went you went from coal mining in into pubs well, I, got, or? I got a serious leg injury um in the coal mines and um Back in those days, you, you you had to get a fully fit certificate to go back to work. Yep. Um, my doctor wouldn't give me a fully fit one, so I got a little bit of a payout. I went away coaching a bit of football. I ended up playing. I ended up in your favourite place up there in Queensland. Um, and one of the jobs they got me was working at a pub. Yep. Anyway, I ended up managing the pub and just went from there and then I moved back to Brisbane. I lived in Brisbane for a short time and the guy I was involved with up in Brisbane, we decided to buy a pub together, which was at Warwick. Um, and it all started as my own ownership in a pub in Warwick, yeah. Um, and just went from there. Then I come back to... The only part of me was Queensland was my feet because they were there. Um, and, you know... I, I tell you this a later story in the in our talk about Steve Wallace, the famous hooker for Australia, Queensland, and Canberra. He became a very good friend of mine, Steve Wallace, when I was in Brisbane. But to go back to the sport, I you don't like blowing your own trumpet, but I was I played first grade soccer for Western when I was sixteen. Wow. And, and, um, who were you playing against in in that comp? Well, that was a Newcastle competition. Yep. It was. Um, I was playing. They used to have a, a cup called the Empire Cup, and um, I started playing in. The, it was a Wednesday night. I was getting a run there, and then you you sort of sit on the sideline because you're only a kid. Um, but there was a, an Englishman that came out here to Western called Johnny Bond. Um, he took me under his wing and, mate, I was, I, I was training four nights a week. Didn't worry about anything else. Just training, training. And I, I said to him one night, I said, I'm over this. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I said, 
there's more to life than this. And he said, mate, I'm telling you, just keep at it. He said, you will go. And Johnny was from Preston in England. Little did I know that uh, he teed up to try and get me a start. Wow. And our famous, one of our famous soccer players, Craig Johnson, who grew up around the same age, he, he went to Middlesbrough. Anyway, Johnny Bond had set me up to go to um, with Preston, but, you know, the money situation was hard and whatever. And um, it was one Sunday. I used to go to my grandmother and grandfather's every Monday night um, for dinner with them, and we'd play cards and... That's how I learned to play euchre and me and my grandmother had cheat my grandfather out of it. And this, this uh, Sunday, um, my grandfather come over and he said, now, don't forget to come over tomorrow night. So I get there and my mum and dad's there and my auntie and uncles and all that. And my grandfather produces a $20,000 check. And um, I said, what's this for? He said, me and my grandmother's going to uh, fund your way to England. Um, but don't forget what we've done for you. I said, oh, I didn't forget that part. And um, you wouldn't read about it. The following week, I broke my ankle bad um, in, a, in a match at Western, which also cost me a spot in the Australian schoolboy side. Um, and the, the chance to go to England in that. Um, the following year, <coughs> I played about eight, nine games first grade, and I, I broke the ankle again. Jeez. And um, anyway, I, you know, you, you're at that age, you know, there's more than just sport. You, you start chasing the skirt and whatever. And um, anyway, I put my head down and bum up again and got going. And I wanted to go back to Cessnock to play soccer. And um, it's funny that when I when I was at Cessnock, I got told I wasn't good enough to make the team. Well, I was 16 year old. I went to Western, played first grade, and Western won the competition and they won the Empire. They were winning everything, and there was only a couple of Aussies in the team, and all the rest was the 10 pound palms. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. And anyway, I went to I wanted to go back and play. Uh, was Cessnock, being a local boy, Cessnock. But I also played rugby league at school. And this is where that old Kelly Plum come in. He, he just said, mate, you've got to make up your mind which way you want to go. So I used to play soccer on a Saturday, the league on a Sunday. Anyway, uh, I went and approached Western uh, Soccer Club to go back to Cessnock, and they put two and a half thousand dollar transfer fee on me. And I was, you know, just, well, I was nearly 17 then and Cessnock never had the money. So I sat out and all my mates were league players. Every guy I hung around, we were league players. So here we go, I, I go and play league. And um, Gary Johns, that's young Andrew and Matt, Matty Johns's dad he was captain coach of the reserve grade at Cessnock at that time and their mother worked in the pub we all went and hid and drank in um, Gary encouraged me to come and have a game of league so I went and 
played first grade league in the pre-season. Wasn't good enough to make the first grade in the first few games. After four games, I got promoted to first grade and went on from there. And I'd, I'd won a soccer grand final with Western, the young bloke, and a rugby league grand final with with Cessnock in rugby league. And um, I'll never forget, it was at the pubs, were, it was something to do with back in the 77 when we won it. The, there was a pub strike or something. And um, there was a pub stayed open. It wasn't supposed to open, but it stayed open, the Great Aussie Hotel in Cessnock. When we got back to towns, the whole pub was packed. And there was a Dutchman that owned it. And um, we had the mayor there was uh, Eric Fitzgibbons at the time and the ALP man, George Neely, who was a big supporter of the league, just not league. Every, you know, politicians and everything in the pub. Yeah. And um, next minute, the cops walked in and there was a little side door um, that used to go out on the footpath and you could sneak away. Uh, I'd never seen two blokes try and run to the door to get out and they couldn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the old police sergeant, he was wasn't a bad old bloke. He just said, look, I'm not here to arrest anyone or whatever. He said, we're just here to... Uh, closed the pub down, so then we went over to the showground, and I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've never drank so much wine and beer in all my life. <laughs> On a Wednesday night, I said to my mum, when I got home, I said, anyone comes near that door, you tell them I'm not home, I can't go out for a drink anymore. Uh, I was that. We're chatting with Graham Payne this morning. Uh, Payne, I want to know about the horses, so obviously you're in the pubs. You're in the pub yeah, game? I got, I got involved in the horses. I Always around them, as I said to you, just here and there. And What happened? I, I uh, got pretty sick. I had a heart attack. Some people say I don't have a heart, but anyway. <laughs> when he operated, he found one. Um, and I got really, really, really sick. I spent four, uh, 16 weeks in hospital, in Royal Prince Alfred Hospital. I got the golden staff to the heart. And um, my old doctor, Adam, said to me, you know, we hope we can clear it. Um, anyway, they did. But when they operated, the aorta exploded on the operating table. And um, anyway, I got there in the end and always over saying now that, uh, you know, I danced with the devil a few times and I beat him. Uh, but one day he'll catch me. And, and I just decided then, we, we, we had five or six pubs. And I just decided then that I've got lovely grandkids that I love and adore. I want to see them grow up. So we got rid of the pubs, except a couple. And I started dabbling and playing, you know, with a few horses. First two horses I had was a horse called Kinetics, which was probably the best horse I ever had. Was he won the Musselbrook Cup? I think he won the War Oak Cup. He won a few cups, won about 14 races. Probably should have won 20 or 30 races if you remember that night we were at the the championship having a drink, and Cody Nestor was talking about the young bloke Jake Crazy Owens sporting a couple of times. Yep. 
Um, yeah, and then the next horse probably was Secret Encounter. He was a pretty fair horse. And then I just started buying the, you know, not dear ones, but cheap ones and having a bit of fun and then moving them on. And then along come Bailey's, um, who, you know, we win the heat up at Coffs Harbour and then we, we go to the final. We got the best jockey in the world on. And uh, home below at the 800 metre mark, he blundered and near fell. Mm. So in the final, but that's that's life and that's racing, you know. I'll, I'll never forget the look on Jay Jay Mac's face when he come back. He, yeah. Anyway, we can't say on TV on the radio what what actually was said, but yeah. But go back to early childhood too when I got into the boxing. Um, you know, starting to pay for it now. I, I was listening to Wally Lewis last night. The thing, uh, I diagnosed with a little bit of dementia myself. Um, you know, you, we all bag our wives or our girlfriends out about nagging and nagging us all the time. And I'd go to the shop and to get what we want, and I'd get back home, and there was probably six things that we would wanted. And I'd come back with two of them. And um, I've had, you know, been and seen some doctors. I've, I've got a really good doctor in Kempsey at the moment that's got me on to a really, really good neurologist that uh, is helping me big time. Um, you know, you, it's not your long-term memory, Dave. It's your short-term that, that gets you. Um, yeah, but, you know, you, you, you look at that last night with Wally and then you look at, um, and, uh, the hooker for um, Penrith. Um, oh, I can't even think of his name. Uh, <laughs> he he's got it. And, you know they're out there, and I, I go with this doctor every now and again to watch a few schoolboy games and just watch some of the tackles that are being made now. You know, like it's frightening. You, you see these kids, that, the young boys that are getting hurt. Uh, and the young girls that are getting hurt. And what what do you do? Um, you know, when you when you amateur boxing, you got a uh, headgear on, but you still get hit around the head. Mm. So you know, there's smarter people out there than me and you, I suppose, that will be able to work it out in time. But I don't know what you do. It is something. Definitely, that uh, we'll just continue to be spoken about. Uh, we're chatting with Graham Payne this morning. We're about on the track, mate. Um, you mentioned, obviously, some good horses, but now, obviously, full-time training, so to speak, or, or you know, putting a lot more time into it. I mean, you've got a loyal group of owners that uh, you buy these horses from Victoria or elsewhere and you train them. I mean, is that, st- is that growing? You're looking at targeting particular horses or...? At the moment, Dave, I uh, got myself in a bit of issue about six weeks ago, so I, I can't really talk about it at the moment. It's okay. Pending. So, um, yeah, the, the owners have been great that I've had throughout. You know, in most first off, the horses was I, I just owned some myself, and then you you build some ownership together. Um, yeah, all the owners. Along the way, have been great, and you know, you, you read that book and listen to that book about um, 
Bart Cummins always says, the hardest part about training horses is training the owners. And um, he's not wrong. Because sometimes they, they sit in the pub and they think their horse has got to win every time they go around. And you being in the industry you are and, and having ownership of horses, you know that that can't happen. And that's the hardest part about it. But, you know, you, you battle away and you get some good owners, but they ask you questions and you answer them. And all they want is honesty. You know, and, you know, you tell them, mate, this horse can't win here, see you later. Uh, put it out the gate. Move it on. And that's all they want, I think. And that's why I've sort of been a little bit successful in purchasing the right horse and keeping the right horse. I've had good owners. Mm. Will we see you back at the races soon? Oh, I hope so, mate. Yeah, I hope so. Just see how the health goes and how this other pans out. And, you know, I miss it. Uh, but what I've been doing lately with this doctor, as I said, it's sort of kept me active. And, you know, I, I, I've always been one that uh, that's how I got into boxing. I just don't like bullying, of, of people bullying and everything. And, you know, you go and see these intellectual disabled people and all that, and, and you just shake your head and, and think how lucky we are. And then we think they, they are lucky because we're helping them. You know, I, like every now and again, I'll, I'll go and pick three or four up, and I've been doing this since I've been at Stewart's Point. On day one, I pick, I go and pick them up, and there's a little place just out the back of Stewart's Point, Grassy Head, and they've got horses there, mate. And you know, these, you just see the look on their face when they go there. Just, it just changes them. You know, um, yeah, it's uh, it's quite satisfying to see what what you try and help. And you see the end result, which is good. Good to hear. Mate, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up this way because I always ask my guests this. <laughs> uh, first off, what's the what's the one race you'd love to win? It could be the biggest race in the world or it well, could be a hometown cup. What's, well, what's the already, one race? Yeah, I already won that. That was the, the Jungle Juice Cup at Cessnock. Our great mate Anthony Mant was an owner of that horse. I tried and tried for ages to at a couple of places and then finally won it was the... That was the last one held at Cessnock Jungle Juice. Um, yeah. Uh, look, mate, I'm not one in the glory and trying to, you know, I, I just like to win a race, you know, to the owners. You know, they're the ones that pay the bills. You like to get an owner and, uh, you know, a win for them. Um, yeah. So I, I, I won that race, yeah. And... I guess, last but not least as we end, what would a young 18-year-old Graham Payne, who was standing in front of you, what advice would you have for him right now? Think about today, not tomorrow. Beautifully. Always think about what you're doing today and not tomorrow. Beautifully said. Yeah, and, um, you know, think about today and not tomorrow. But, mate, Look, you know, like, I've been a bit successful in what I've done in life. Um, I don't have any regrets. 
you know, we've all made mistakes. It'd be a terrible world to live in if no one made a mistake. Uh, but I'll take my hat off to those two jockeys, Aaron Bullock and James Orman, you know. They're, you know, Aaron Bullock is a guy that battles his weight. And three months of the year, he, he never rode. And then goes out and does that, you know. And then Orman, you know, they're heavyweight jockeys. For them to succeed where they've been, mate, I just think I can't take my hat off more to them. Just, And I'm, I'm, I'm pleased, really, really pleased that Aaron did get there in the end. He's done. He's a young bloke. Yeah, and he's done some riding for you over your time, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, so it's, it's been good to see. Bloke, the same bloke knows how to put the left and the right up too. I'll give you a little tip there. <laughs> mm. yeah, some of them might know that. but Painy, will we see you at the track on later this week? I might come up, Dave. I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll just see how I go. Yeah. All right, mate. But listen, what happened overseas? Was it, what happened to Marlowe? Everybody else that went over got engaged. You know what, what? Can't he get some of that money out of his long pocket? No, I don't know what's going on there. He was quite cagey. A lot of people were asking him about whether he would be uh, popping the question over there, but uh, oh, he decided not to. He's been in the horrors, poor old Marlowe, since he's got back because uh, he likes the finer things in life. So, uh, <laughs> but, but you want to, you know what? Just barring from that. Um, what from getting picking, from asking the question? No, no, no. Barring from picking those horses on a Friday. Oh yes, yes. You're just better off leaving him out, mate. Yeah. Well, well, we've had the punters panel twice in a row, and uh, he's. Uh, oh no, he was around the first week. We got it back, but yeah, no, he's. Uh, he's he's a good man, Marlow. He's a good man. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. He's he is one bloke that's Actually, no good I, with the left I, and right. I, told, I, I text him a story and. I uh, don't, don't know how well my Gary Harley's getting along, but I hope he's, he's battling away because he's a champion bloke, Gary Harley. We've had some battles over our times, but I, I, I told Marlow a bit of a story. Um, years and years ago, Gary used to call the dogs at Cessnock on a Monday night. Anyway, they decided to start playing two up after the dogs. And I'll tell you now, there were some prominent bookmakers back in the days used to work at Just Not Dogs. They'd have about 10 or 12 bookmakers working there. And they used to play two up under the... The lights wasn't real good. So a couple of the rascals around town decided to get a double header and throw in. Anyway, these bookies done the squillion. Absolutely done the squillion. These blokes got them. And poor old, uh, one of the bookies now, he's passed away, old Herbie Purnell, champion bloke. Some of them broke into his car and got a six-figure out of his car. You know, the stories that you go on and tell that, you know, you can tell now, but you couldn't tell back then because um, of what what went on. Um, It was... Was funny, mate. Uh, but I hope Gary battles away what he's what with his health and uh, gets back on the TV because I used to love rubbing those into him, mate. 
<laughs> he was good to wind up, wasn't he? Uh, oh, gee, Harley. Especially the go winners, mate, when competition, mate. You know, the, uh, that day I rolled him when he, uh, I don't know if you heard. No, yeah, you might have heard. He he was tipping the quad, uh, the quaddy at Musselbrook, and he said it's only cost me $4. Anyway, my horse Lucifer's reward knocked him off. It knocked the dollar twenty-five shot off. And I walked around the corner and, and uh, Gavin Carmery's there. I said, oh, here's that $4 that you lost, Gary, on the quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, I, yeah, he's a great bloke. And he's a character of the race and, yeah, champion. But anyway, Dave. Um, you have a good day, mate. Thanks for joining us. I, and I will, mate. Look after yourself. I'll try to. Take care, Dave. Bye, mate. Graham Payne this morning on Monday's Experts.